I come from the net. Through systems, peoples, and cities to this place. Mainframe. My format, Guardian. To mend and offend. To defend my newfound friends. Their hopes and dreams. To defend them from their enemies. They say the user lives outside the net and inputs games for pleasure. No one knows for sure. But I intend to find out. Reboot! Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and as you may have garnered from our special edition intro this week, it is our 100th episode! Yay! Woo! Woo! We did it! Somehow us crazy kids did it. Um, and so fittingly, the reboot that we're going to reboot for this reboot podcast on episode 100 is Reboot. Yay! Absolutely an idea we got from when we had our friend Sam on here several months ago. Also, like, we've been talking about reboot reboots for a while. It was really something always on the table, and at some point we're like, hey, obviously there should be a milestone episode. Mm -hmm. We need a milestone for episode 100. Da-da. And, you know, long before this podcast was a twinkle in either of our eyes, every once in a while you would get a rumor about a reboot reboot. Yeah. Well, just because it flows off the tongue so well. It's the reboot reboot. Hmm. We're going to reboot reboot. How are we going to reboot reboot? We're going to reboot the reboot of reboot. But we're not going to reboot the reboot reboot that already happened. Because Guardian Code is a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, for those of you who are not familiar... With a uh, Canadian CGI animated children's cartoon from the 90s. Yep, one of the first. <laughs> that is true. Uh, the studio that made it Mainframe Entertainment. They also did Beast Wars and Beast Machines. And a Hot Wheels cartoon. And Shadow Raiders slash War Planets. They did Weirdos, which is a show that only I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they also did... Uh, uh, remember when there was a Spider-Man cartoon on MTV and Peter Parker was voiced by Neil Patrick Harris? <laughs> Uh, that was a bit before my time. Well, it happened. It was real, and they were responsible for that. Yeah. Uh, and then if you check on TV Tropes, because at some point they turned into Rainmaker Studios, and they just did a lot of special effects and, like, post-production work on a whole bunch of stuff. So, like, yeah, you, you they are credited for stuff like Titanic, Armageddon, uh, Surf's Up 2, starring John Cena. They also did a lot of the Barbie movies. They're pretty much all the Barbie movies. Yeah. I feel like the Barbie movies are better known than some of this stuff. People get very intensely emotional about Barbie Nutcracker. Yeah, apparently. I haven't seen any Barbie movies yet. I have seen uh, Barbie Nutcracker and Barbie Swan Lake, and they also had a Princess in the Popper. Yes, I recall that happening. Yes. They're not responsible for Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse, which is the one that everyone likes the most, apparently. Ah, darn. I don't know, maybe we'll get to Life in the Dreamhouse at some point. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, the uh, premise of the series... A reboot, not Barbie. <laughs> yeah, a reboot, not Barbie. Um, well, you should have gleaned what it was from like the intro, but basic premise is fun CGI characters, some of whom are just shapes, go on adventures and play video games in your computer. It's the funky little people inside your computer. Yeah. Uh, made in an era where many people did not actually know how computers worked. So it was like, uh, hey, your computer is populated by sentient creatures that uh, when you play a video game, they take the form of the enemies in the video game. And then if you win that video game, then all the people who are trapped inside the game die. They turn into slugs. <laughs> yeah. And if you play too many, if you win too many video games on your computer, it will crash. I mean, sometimes that could happen. Yeah, but it's like... If, if your computer's crashing from too many video games, that is probably the video game's fault, or you just have a really janky computer. Yeah. For example, like those times whenever I've tried to play World of Warcraft on my laptop and it sounds like it's about to take <laughs> off into the stratosphere. <laughs> Honestly, Max weren't meant to play video games, in my opinion. This is correct. Yeah. Uh, that's why if I ever try playing Final Fantasy XIV, uh, which apparently you, you're required to play it if you're any kind of gender non-conforming person... <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll definitely be playing that on my PS4. Yeah. Also, I am pretty sure most people still don't understand the inner workings of their computer. I still barely understand the inner workings of my computer. I, but it's easier for me to say what it isn't than what yeah. it is. <laughs> I can say, it isn't Reboot. Yeah. Um, I find it easier just to give my computer over to a paid professional to fix. Yeah. The other thing that happened with Reboot was that like all these video games were parodies of existing video games. So like... There was an obvious Crash Bandicoot parody. There was one that was obviously like House of Dead, but it was also a little bit Evil Dead because the player character was definitely uh, what's his name? Ash. Ash yeah. Who's who's he? Bruce. Bruce Campbell. Thank you. I want to say Springsteen, but I knew that was incorrect. <laughs> yeah, this uh, TV series actually made a lot of really grown-up references, like. Um, in the second episode, there's a clear reference to Jean-Luc Picard. Um, one episode was a reference to the Australian TV series Prisoner, which is renamed Cell Block H in the US. Is that the one with the guy who's number six? Uh, no, that was the British series with Patrick McGowan. Okay. Yeah. See, that makes even less sense because it's at least it's possible that some... <laughs> If the grown-ups who were watching Reboot as it aired were probably already interested in sci-fi bullshit, so they probably already, like, got a satellite signal of the British television they hacked into the BBC. But why is someone watching a random Australian soap in the 90s if you're not already in Australia? I think it was one of those things that got big because it eventually got aired in the US. Well, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> the other uh, interesting thing about Reboot is that, like, the first season and the first half of the second season were basically like non there's no continuity it was just like here's a funny antics and th what there's no continuity week to week yeah it was just funny things happening between each episode uh because there was a guy named bob who came from the net he was like so bob's a guardian and apparently the guardians are like these super programs that go throughout all computer systems to defend them from viruses. And Bob ends up staying on Mainframe, which is the name of the city inside the computer that the series takes place on. So... And he stays there because there's two viruses there. There's Megabyte and there's Hexadecimal. Yeah, yeah so Bob is kind of like a, a sentient security system, really. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like if Norton Antivirus just showed up on your computer one day. <laughs> but Norton Antivirus is also a person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and you didn't install it. But then also your uh, your command prompt program is like, hmm, break me off a piece of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't that bad looking, but I honestly preferred the grown-up version of Enzo, aka Matrix. Oh, yeah, mm, okay, so, so let's... So, <laughs> so the first 1.5 seasons of Reboot is just, like, game of the week, basically, and there's nothing happens to, for episode to episode that affects the storyline. And yeah. then a few things started getting continuity in the second season, like there was an episode where Bob 
gives Hexadecimal his tea. Oh yeah, Hexadecimal is one of the viruses. She's if you've ever seen the lady, like she's all in red BDSM gear and she has a whole bunch of spikies on her head. Yeah. And she has a white mask that doesn't move, but she like with her, really her, pointy teeth. Very pointy teeth, and she'll like put her hand in front of her face and it'll change the mask. Yeah. Um she's a gay icon. <laughs> and she has the hots for Bob. And so at some point Bob basically gives her his sentient television to keep her entertained. Yeah. And then the sentient tele somehow this leads into her getting infected by a a virus. A, she's a virus, but she got infected by a different virus from the internet. And so they had to try and stop the web creatures from connecting mainframe to the internet. Otherwise, they'd all come, and the bad shit would come from the internet. I guess the point being. Bob got launched into space, essentially. Yeah. Bob got yeeted into the internet, and Mainframe was left undefended. And so this little kid named Enzo, who's the younger brother of Dot Matrix, and she's the one who had the hots for Bob, uh, so he has to take up the mantle of Guardian, and he does all right, but then he also, like, he loses a game, and so in order to not die, he and his girlfriend and his dog attach themselves to the game so they can, like, ride it out in back into the internet. Mm -hmm. And then, like... All of season three is basically the three plot lines of Megabyte trying to take over Mainframe and Dot desperately trying to stop him. You've got Enzo searching for Bob, and then you've got Bob searching for anyone. Eventually, they all three converge, and they all get back to Mainframe, and they're able to defeat uh, Megabyte, who's the other virus, who... Um, Meg he's basically like Megatron from Beast Wars. Yeah. Except he doesn't say yes as much. And he's a, he's a little bit fascist, but this was the 90s, so it was like a fun kind. Yeah, it, it was more single-minded. Hey, I just want to take over this place. Yeah, but he did have a literal Nazi doctor as a henchman. Yeah. <laughs> he had that doctor who was always getting his hands crushed and then he'd shout, Nine digits! <laughs> and then Hexadecimal ate him. Yeah. Um, And then also, like, way, way later in the series, like, there's a bunch of his henchmen are trying to get reinfected by him and there's a character who goes, Ah, neovirals. I hate mainframe neovirals. <laughs> Assuming that kids, A, understand the concept of a neo-Nazi, and B, have seen the Blues Brothers. <laughs> in the 90s? Also, on a tangent, I did discover that there was an episode in season two that made a reference to the Patrick McGowan series, The Prisoner. <laughs> oh, okay, there yeah. you go. It was both prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... So at the end of season three, Megabyte is defeated, and Hexadecimal becomes good, and then the, the system starts crashing. And so basically they engineer, like, a way to trick the user into rebooting the system, like, save, save it and reboot it from memory. Yeah. And, and, oh yeah, so when Enzo went to the net, he grew up, and he got hot? Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and then he comes back, and he hates viruses, but then there's a new Enzo... Because the old Enzo wasn't part of the system, and so while well, he was safe, they made it made a new Enzo because there wasn't an old Enzo. So now there's an old Enzo, and there, there's a hot Enzo, and there's a child Enzo. Yeah. And then and then season four was essentially two made-for-TV movies. The first one was called Damon Rising, where Mainframe has to defend the rest of the net from a super virus called Damon, and she is very French and very pepel, and she speaks with a French accent, and she's actually nice. I mean, she's nice, but she is a virus, and she does lead a cult. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second season is, or the second movie is called My Two Bobs, because like when Bob was trapped on the net, he turned all silver, and he like fused with his multi-tool named Glitch, and and then there was a new Bob. Yeah, Bob kind of turned into a mixture of like the Silver Surfer and Doctor Who. Or the doctor. Yeah, which is funny because they, they had a different Silver Surfer XP as well. Yeah. His name was Ray Tracer and he was a search engine. He was also inexplicably Australian. Yeah. And there was also a hacking program named Mouse and she was purple and she had a southern accent. And very red hair. Practically orange. Literally, it was like fire hair because she built firewalls. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, season four, it's technically two movies, but it was broken up. Uh, each movie was broken up into four episodes to be aired on, um, I think it was... It was YTV. Yeah, YTV here in Canada and Cartoon Network down in the States, because I think it was on Toonami. Yeah. yeah, well, I think it started on ABC in the States and then like just went into syndication yeah. and that's how it got really big. Yeah. Because like, 
We call it a tiny little Canadian cartoon from the 90s, but this had like a PlayStation game and everything. Yeah, it actually got big for a while. It's just, you know, yeah. not a lot of stuff in Canada really breaks out of Canada. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then at the end of the My Two Bobs movie, uh, where Dot is like, which Bob is the real Bob? Which Bob do I marry? She's going to marry the Bob that still looks like the original Bob. Uh, but then the original Bob turns out to have been Megabyte because he turned into a Trojan virus. Yeah. And then he, like, infects half the system, and then that's the cliffhanger that the whole series ended on. Yes. There was a couple of, of attempts to at least get a final season done, and one of the original creators created a webcomic, which kind of wraps stuff up, but after reading the synopsis, I'm like, I'm not too sure if this clears a lot of stuff. Yeah. I don't see what the other I don't know which creator did the comic, but Gavin Blair, who's like the the main showrunner, he has publicly refused to reveal the plans for the resolution and final episodes in case he ever got the chance to resolve it officially. Which fair. Yeah. And initial plans for the fourth season included three three films broken into 12 episodes, then followed by a 13th musical special episode. (laughs) But then it got reduced to eight episodes. And so then the following plan was to produce a 30 produce 30 minute episodes. But then they were later edited down to 21 minutes for broadcast, and the extra scenes added to the film versions for DVD release. Against the writer's wishes, these scenes were cut from the scripts. After this decision was made, the eighth episode was rewritten to end in a cliffhanger. Yeah. So So I think basically their plan was that there would be enough outcry to to get it uh, resolved, and then it, it wasn't. Yeah. Just... There was outcry, but not enough for them to bother with it. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. So anyway, after much discussion with Ryan, because Ryan has very strong opinions about uh, Reboot, mostly positive, but like about what to do with Reboot, he and I kind of agree, let's just give it a finale. Yeah. Let's make that made-for-TV movie. That would have wrapped everything up. So because we're dealing with internet stuff from the late 80s or late 90s, early 2000s, we need to keep that aesthetic, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just better quality animation, so everything moves nicer. Yeah, and like the reason that they did it in a computer was kind of the same reason that the first Toy Story was toys because they put it in a setting where they didn't have to put a lot of detail into yeah. it, so they could justify the hair not flowing properly and the characters looking stiff and the backgrounds being really simplistic as saying, "Well, this is what it looks like inside a computer." Yeah. Also, uh, the core creators of the series. I forgot to mention off the top, uh, they were also the guys who did the animation for, oh, that one 1980s music video that was all CGI. Um, um, uh, oh, yeah, that one. You'll know it! I know which one you mean. <laughs> You'll know it when you... It's the I want my... Money for yeah, nothing. Yeah, money for nothing. Yeah. So, it was mostly a continuation of what, like, that's where they started their animation skills. So, by the 90s, mm-hmm. it was... Very much improved, but like, doesn't look great today. But by the end of the series, it was actually looking pretty good. Yeah. One of the things I thought was uh, the other big digital related movie for kids that happened around the same time was the Digimon movie. This is true, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know how much we're going to crib from Summer Wars, but like, why not throw in Megabyte trying to commandeer a satellite? (laughs) yeah i don't see why not yeah he would do something like that like by the end he was pretty much just completely no fucks given gonna do whatever he wanted yeah his sense of restraint or morality yeah was totally gone by the end of the series there wasn't any morality unless you count that one episode where it was little enzo's birthday and he and bob had a guitar duel (laughs) i guess it was mostly a sense of restraint. Yeah. But he was... Megabyte was very... Uh, he was very classy. He was had a very calm demeanor. But he did want to destroy everyone and remake Mainframe in his own image. And that did include infecting and brainwashing as many uh, binobes and sprites as he could. Yep. So I had an idea. And my idea is actually... It's not a movie. It's actually a miniseries. Okay. Just to get a little bit of extra length in there. Yeah. So here is my idea for the starting point. It has been... 20 years real time. Okay. Or however long. And basically my idea is that when Megabyte attacked Mainframe in the cliffhanger, like, 
the reason it stopped was because the user just basically shut down the system. Yeah. Didn't destroy it, just shut it down, and basically everything was paused. Mm -hmm. And the user has spent 20 years trying to find a way to restore the system, basically. Yeah. Why why this one person has been spending... Maybe it's not even the same person. Maybe they just shut it down, and then they ended up selling that server or whatever. And now it's 20 years later, and someone is building their own PC or something. Uh, But basically, the idea is that mainframe, when it starts up again, has been connected to another server. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we have... Basically, one part of it is dealing with the new threat of Megabyte, and the other part is kind of a culture clash of sprites and programs and whatnot from 20 years ago meeting a modern system. Yeah. (laughs) Because... Taking the the concepts of the old one, where it was a big deal and it was a bad thing if the computer is connected to the internet for too long, and now we get to the computers which are not only able to stay connected to the internet, but they're supposed to be, they're designed to be connected to the internet the whole time. And the yeah, characters be we like, have moved the past f-? the need of dial-up. <laughs> exactly. The characters sitting there like, oh my god, and, and you just like avoid the web creatures all the time? And they're like, yep, that's how it works. Yep. <laughs> We're no longer disrupted when mom needs when the user needs to make a phone call. Basically. And so then we can we can even kind of like the the Exiles reboot where it was like six episodes and half of them were plot but half of them were like they really were just filler just yeah. to give vibes on the old series and so we could have just episodes where they're playing games. We can have episodes where it's hexadecimal antics. Oh yeah, hexadecimal sacrifices herself at the end of Damon Rising. Uh, but there is the implication that she's still around because she did, like, spread herself out across the internet in order to defeat Damon, and then she gets the closing monologue over the credits. Yeah, and Data is kind of like matter, where, like, not just in in the TV show, but, like, with actual computers, you can't... It's really hard to get rid of actual Data. Yeah. Like, you pretty much have to fry your, fry your computer, pretty much. Yeah. So... We can rebuild her. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Well, and also she, before she sacrificed herself, she leaves like a little something, a little gift inside Enzo's, um, his, his button, his icon. That's what it's yeah. called. Because Everton Reboot has like the black and yellow tri- uh, triangle inside a circle design icons on them. Yeah. And they tap those and they hit re- shout reboot. And that's how they turn into video game characters in the video games. So yeah, that bit of data is stored in there. So I don't know, maybe there's a bit of a, an adventure to grab the pieces of Hexadecimal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it would quest. almost be like getting like the individual cells to get Zygarde in Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, again, there's the nulls, which is ha- what happens when someone is inside a game and the, the user wins. And the Hexadecimal had control over the nulls, so it could be just a whole bunch of nulls. <laughs> <laughs> but they have like a hexadecimal, ma- a hexadecimal mask on them. Oh god! And they gotta slam that's, them together. That's actually kind of terrifying. Knowing what nulls look like, they're just they're just big slugs that have like energy pulsing over them. Oh yeah. Also, there was a uh, hexa. <laughs> so uh, the before the series began, there is a second city, uh, a mainframe sister city called Lost Angles. And it blew up because Dot Matrix and Enzo Matrix's father tried to, uh, um, I don't know what he was trying to, he was trying to do some experiment, but basically it blew up because a virus landed there and the entire city got nullified. And and that's why there's no kids Enzo's age, because they're all dead. <laughs> Anyways, in Damon Rising, uh, Hexadecimal, who had been turned into a sprite, uh, she had like magic null powers and she was able to find the null that was the dad and like he had a whole null body. So then Dot's dad was just this giant stack of slugs. Yeah. And then in the second half, they put him in a robot suit. I'm getting feelings to, like, in Stranger Things, when the big bad came into our world and was, like, all the little bits of salsa. Oh, yeah, I can jump on turning people into salsa. Don't, yeah. don't, I don't think salsification is something we can do in a reboot reboot. Please, no. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe, maybe now little Enzo has the power to interact with the nulls the same way Hexadecimal did, and he can interact with them safely. Yeah. So that's what I've got for setting. What was what were your ideas? Um, 
aside from basically taking mostly from Summer Wars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story. Let's tell it 17 times. <laughs> well, definitely the aesthetics of like the new internet are going to be completely different. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want it to be too frightening, given what we know about the internet now. Honestly, the human mind was not ready for it. But these are creatures of the internet. So, how much of a Wikipedia page do we want the internet to look like? I mean, the internet, it really depends. See, I liked the reboot idea where the internet was basically outer space. And then all the different servers and web pages and stuff were basically planets and satellites and other variants on a celestial body. So, like, if you're just surfing the net on your net surfboard... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then you're just in space. But when you land on somewhere, that's when it takes over the the the, as- the aesthetics. Okay. So if they do visit their own version of Wikipedia, then it would be all stark and white and very meticulously put together. Yeah. But they could also visit YouTube, which would basically look like cyberpunk Hollywood hell. Yeah. I have not yet seen Ralph Breaks the Internet, so I don't know how much they delved into this. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing, the thing, the the charming thing about reboot was that they were all parodies of stuff. Yeah. So they wouldn't go to Amazon; they'd go to like rainforest. <laughs> the Nile. <laughs> they'd go to Smartopedia. <laughs> they would go to Tweety Bird. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers wouldn't like that. Unless. Oh, who the... they, we got them to to help back us? Or I I was just checking since it's Canadian. Let's take a page from another Canadian show. Degrassi never used any actual social media sites. Okay. They had social media sites like My Room, Face Range, Chat So Fast. Oh God. Rel- Realm of Doom, Hastygram, <laughs> and Oomph Chat. Oh God. They also had Fortnite, but Fortnite wasn't Fortnite. Fortnite was Twilight. <laughs> oh, God. Let's see. Our not Facebook's probably going to be, like, hell, basically. <laughs> like, so much of it would just be ads. They're, that would be the problem, is that they have to... They, they don't worry about web creatures anymore, but, like, they're constantly getting bombarded with ads and cookies. Yeah. They fight the cookie monster. Maybe that's what web creatures are, is cookies. <laughs> oh, Yeah! <laughs> And and they like they're like parasites, and they attach onto people, and they have to like like use their guardian powers to spray them off, so that they can't track them to all the websites they go to. And they're always like cookie, 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 cookie. (laughs) 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 And maybe they come across, um, I guess, like various sites that are maybe like almost abandoned, like MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) decrepit husks of geocities oh god (laughs) i was looking up geocities and apparently the reason it crashed was because everyone made a web page and then realized that nobody needed a web page yet yeah i mean and still not everyone needs a web page but if you do need a web page just make like a twitter or a tumblr or whatever but it's like no this was like well hey this is janelle's homepage. Here's my resume, and also pictures of me from this weekend in a JPEG format. So you can't even. T- There's so many JPEG artifacts in here. Uh, yeah. I I will say, um, GeoCities was really great for very obscure fandoms. Yeah. Like, <sighs> like the VC Andrews fandom probably wouldn't have lasted as long as it has if it weren't for GeoCities. Should VC Andrews have had a fandom? Okay, the problem it wasn't VC Andrews herself. The problem was her ghostwriter after she died. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which we should clarify was just a person writing under her name. VC yeah. Andrews did not die and then continue to write as a ghost. Yeah. VC Andrews, in many ways, is actually rather ahead of her times. It's just, yeah, some of the subject matter wasn't, um... You know what, that's for a different time when I actually reboot, um, Heaven. Like the metaphysical concept? Uh, the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like if you were in a really obscure fandom, GeoCities, for people who do not know what GeoCities are, because I assume that we have at least one or two listeners who are under the age of 16. Um, GeoCities was like the very first web hosting, free web hosting. Yeah. It was like Tumblr, but not all bunched together. It was like Tumblr, except you had to actually know HTML. Yeah. Which you learned when you went on to Neopets. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. With the, the, when you look at the timeline of the internet, it kind of went GeoCities. Well, it was, first it went Usenet, but I don't really understand Usenet because I wasn't around for Usenet. Yeah, that was before we were online all the time. Yeah, well, because we still had to ask our parents permission before going online. Yeah. <laughs> and time it so that, like, you could get off of it before mom had to call grandma. <laughs> there was the computer room, and you could go on for your internet hour. Yeah, even though my parents did not supervise us that well. <laughs> so you had the G- Usenet, then you had the GeoCities and similar things. Yeah. Then you had forums. And can I just say, I realized something It was kind of sad, is that social media killed fan forums. I know! I miss the days of fan forums! And I think I think sites like Pillowfort are trying to bring them back, but they're not well known enough, and now we're kind of used to the flow of places like Twitter and Tumblr, where it's yeah. just, you just scroll through everything on your feed and get exactly what you want. It's not like the fan forums where it's like, okay, well I want to check this one, and I don't worry about that one, I'm going to check this one, and let's see what's going on in this one. Yeah. Like, the few forums that I go on to semi-regularly are here despite Twitter, basically. Yeah. there's Some are still kicking. With the Will is still around for Digimon, but it doesn't have nearly as many users, probably because Digimon isn't nearly as big a sh- uh, fan base as it used to be. Mm. Or, like, there are fans, but it's like... Actually, at this point, I guess the successor to fan forums would be Discords. And Reddit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. See, I like Discord. Discord is a little bit more private in the sense yeah. that, like, you gotta know people. So, on the one hand, it does mean it's harder to meet people in a fandom. But on the other hand, you can curate it. And if someone, like, rolls in to be a terrible person, you can just immediately get rid of them. Yeah. Also, why I prefer Tumblr over Twitter, because, you know, you can actually curate what you're uh, looking at. Yeah. Oh, God. Imagine the reboot cast having to deal with social media. Oh, God. Just... I don't even want to know what Twitter would look like from... It's, it's just constant. It's just a constant barrage. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you've got Megabyte sitting here who's, like, trying to take over these two servers, but now also he has unfettered access to the internet, and so they have to try and head him off at every turn. Yeah. And it becomes a situation of, do you stop him from taking over the system, but risk him getting into the net? Do you stop him getting into the net, but risk him taking over another chunk of the system? And, like, the thing with the internet is, like, in the right hands, if you know what you're doing, you can hack into basically anything from your own laptop. Yeah. So the danger is actually not just Megabyte taking over the old server and the new server and maybe getting out into the internet. It's getting from the internet into um, either intranets so that would be like closed off internet systems for companies, governments that sort of stuff. Basically getting more into the deep web stuff also there's a a distinct difference between the deep web and the dark web. The deep web is just like imagine the internet as an ocean most of us are spending our time like at the very surface level of the internet but there's a lot of stuff that's accumulated further and further down and has been pushed further and further down. And it's stuff like defunct sites, geocities, um, intranets, ethernets, that sort of stuff. I have to go into the deep web to find an old uh, Digimon fan site that I used to be a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way that the government of Canada's um, online hiring system, it's it's practically its own deep web. <laughs> oh god, it it's hell. It's like it hasn't been updated since 93. Oof. Yeah, and they're wondering why they have such an age problem. Okay. So I think I think I know how this would play out. Basically, it would be it would be kind of like how season 3 went in the sense that we'll have one storyline going on the system and yeah. another storyline going in, on in the net. 
where basically one chunk of the one half of the cast has to venture out onto the internet to try and track down like pieces of hexadecimal to bring her back together and potentially use her to stop megabyte. Mm-hmm. And then the other half, what well, the people in the system are just the ones who have to fight megabyte and deal with the games coming in. Yeah. It's almost you know what you know what it would be? <laughs> It'd what? be kind of like an internet version of National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> because because the remnants of Hexadecimal are, like you said, they're going to be buried so deep in the deep web, they're going to have to hunt, like, yeah, they can start on social media, but they're, then they're going to have to go to, like, old forums and, like, like venture inside Discord channels. They're, oh, one of, the, one of the new characters could be a Discord bot. And then they got to find a way to get, like, a Tor bot or, or, or an onion search thing. I don't know those words. Um, it's... It's basically the way that you get onto the deeper parts of the internet. Okay. Because Google will only take you so far. So those are the submarines. Yeah. As I said, most of the internet is very surface level, like the day-to-day mm-hmm. internet. There could even be a part where they think the site that had like the last key piece of hexadecimal was taken down. They're like, no, we'll never put her back together again. But then they can go to the Wayback Machine <laughs> and find an archived version of that site. <laughs> There she is! And then she comes back, Ah, after 20 years, I'm free! (laughs) Oh, is the voice actress for Rita Repulsa still around? Is she still with us? I think she is, but I'm pretty sure the voice actress for Hexadecimal is too. Okay. Let me check. Let me check Rita Repulsa's own Wikipedia page. One of the few (laughs) Power Rangers characters that gets her own separate page. As she deserves. She was voiced by Barbara Goodson, and she is 71 years old and still kicking. Nice. And there's no years by any of her work. It's all organized alphabetically, so I have no idea if she's still working. But hey, she's still around. Um, but then hexadecimal. See, see, they just they just threw number like they just threw computer terms onto everything, anything without caring what it was about. Like hexadecimal has nothing to do with color theory or point theory or anything. Yeah, like megabyte just seems intimidating, but that's you know a unit of data measurement hexadecimal was voiced by shirley milner who does not have her own wikipedia page but i'm pretty sure she is also still around okay she's also a benign virus meaning she doesn't infect other entities instead she just causes random chaos for fun and also tries to kill megabyte who keeps trying to kill her basically it's sibling rivalry (laughs) sibling rivalry and throw in a bit of looney tunes in there yeah so yeah we're definitely gonna have uh hexadecimal do the raid repulsa thing i am free um can can i just say um hexadecimal and bob should be voiced by black people yeah because okay so there's there's a point where hexadecimal becomes a sprite and she's white but that doesn't make any sense because even though her skin is pale she just so many parts of her seem black coated including like she has the edges laid and everything in Mm. her sprite form yeah. And then Bob just obviously has dreadlocks. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a random thing, but it's I was looking at the character designs, and I'm like, hey, this, this would make a lot of sense. They, they're yeah. a little bit coded like that. For whatever reason, I think it was the red hair. Um, when I look at Mouse, I think Reba McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, if we, if if Reba McIntyre was buff and purple and dressed a little bit like a Xena character. <laughs> also, that's southern accent, so yeah. Just just put the put just put the the Reba TV show theme song over a, a compilation of hexadecimal videos. <laughs> hexadecimal playing with her nails. A single mom who loves too hard. No 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 no. It's either the night the lights went in in Georgia or fancy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to sing those songs because my voice is fucking terrible. I mean, I don't know fancy, but I know nights went out in the... That's night that the lights went out in Georgia. So, okay. We got the search for hexadecimal. The other is... Gotta stop Megabyte before he gets... He gains control over something that, uh, once released, it cannot be put back. Yes. And Megabyte is now a Trojan virus, so not only can he infect people, but he can also shapeshift. Yeah. So, like, it's a little bit... It's almost a little bit, like, a spy thriller, because, like, all the 
chasing and disguises and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I was about to say Jason Bourne, but... Eh, yeah. Oh, okay, so David Kay, who voiced Megatron in Beast Wars, did not also voice Megabyte, which is unfortunate because it seems like that would make a lot of sense. Mm, yeah. Uh, Tony J, who voiced uh, Cloud Frollo in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. Oh, oh shit, no. You know who should voice Megabyte in the reboot reboot? Who? Tony Todd. <laughs> Candyman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be dope as hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Will you be my victim? <laughs> <laughs> Will you be my viral? Oh, that might uh, get some people to, you know, actually consider it. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, shit. Hey, remember when Tony Todd was in fucking an episode of Riverdale? When was that? No, it was the ep- it was in season two. It was when Archie and Jughead had to run drugs across state lines, and they like went to Greendale, and Archie saw a zombie deer. Oh yeah, because Greendale is like Lovecraft country. Yeah, because Greendale's where Sabrina is. Yeah, because <laughs> it's also home to Mescatonic University, apparently. Um, that really the only big name I would think of, because the Reba thing was kind of a joke, I would want to get yeah. as much of the original cast back, except for the ones where we were adjusting people's backgrounds. Yeah. I can't think of any specific ideas for new characters, but like, obviously there's, there's going to be some hip young sprites on the yeah. new server. Like, whoa, dude, you're so retro. <laughs> you're vintage. Like, I would prefer to get, uh, like, professional voiceovers, but there's some real good ones out there that we could get no yeah like that's what i'm saying it's like yeah. obviously get professional voice actors but i'm saying majority professional voice actors instead of yeah. celebrity voice actors yeah it's not gonna be like reboot starring tom hanks <laughs> <laughs> actually maybe get tom hanks as mike the tv <laughs> that might yeah. be funny and like he does have actual experience doing voiceover work so yeah that's <laughs> i guess that joke doesn't quite work let me well, what's, what's a better example of a bad idea of celebrity voice casting? Like Kylie Jenner. Kyle, starring Kylie Jenner at Dot Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who plays Zuko? Uh... Uh, that's, that's, oh, what's his name? That's Rufio. Yeah. I can't remember a single actor's name except for Tony Todd. <laughs> Uh, Dante Bosco. Thank Cause you. He could voice one of the hip new avatars of a various of various websites. I don't know why I was thinking that either Twitter or Reddit, but yeah. I I mean, if someone's voicing an avatar of a website, and that's the reference, we should use someone who actually voiced an avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Like I'm not above a little bit of stunt casting for a joke. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I'd rather have it be, like, standard industry voice actors, even if the, the originals, if we can get them, um, and then one-off or joke characters, that's when we get the stunts in. Yeah. We've, we have paid Tom Hanks for one hour in the recording booth to record all of Mike the TV's lines. Yeah. <laughs> like, for a new site, like, for a new site, I wouldn't mind getting, like, uh, John Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, this is just me, but I, I would like to put our friend Sky in as something, just because yeah. he has an excellent, like, 40s newscaster voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, in the last little bit of time left, what video games should they parody? Because, obviously, like, the reason I want it to be a miniseries is that in the longer form, we can ha still have some of those video game parodies that the original series did. Yes. Hmm. What are some fun games that people are playing now there definitely be a Fortnite. yeah that have Fortnite and league of legends and apex and overwatch and fall guys definitely fall guys um also there's been a bit of a resurgence with minecraft so ah uh, yeah that's true yeah B build them build them cubes yeah <laughs> and and what would fall boys be <laughs> see fall boys would be hard because there's aren't any like enemies in fall boys in it's fall guys? more an obstacle course 
Yeah, and it'd be weird if it'd be weird if like Bob's there and he reboots and he's just like a windmill. Yeah. Um. <laughs> one way I could see it being done. Um. Spike TV for a time had this weird dub version of a Japanese. Oh, MXE. Yeah. <laughs> the favorite thing about MXE that me and my dad would always do is whenever we were watching it, we would wait for one of the players that would be given the last name Baba Ganoush. Because <laughs> there was always one in every episode. Yes. <laughs> so um, I would no, love to see to... a reference to that. <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see player versus player games because they don't really have enemies. Because like, ev- And also they're played on a server. So yeah. there wouldn't be the same threat necessarily. Yeah. So it'd have to be local games. So there'd have to be the there'd be the Witcher. Yes. Would probably be one of them. Um. Oh, they could do an Alien Isolation. Mm-hmm. And, and it could be. Oh, what if? What if like the B plot is that Alien Isolation landed and the only sprite that got in was Frisket the dog. Oh no. <laughs> and so Frisket is playing the alien and trying to hunt the user down. <laughs> so, so you've got the xenomorph, but it's like bright red and yellow and has like doggy ears and doggy eyes. Aww. It's like Frisket's big head on the xenomorph body. Oh no. <laughs> It'd be like Frisket's day out. Yes. <laughs> Um, what else? I don't think they got into JRPGs in the original because JRPGs weren't nearly as big as they are now. Yeah, I think they were just starting to get big by the time the series is canceled. Oh, freaking they they roll up. <laughs> um, Bob is playing the Sephiroth knockoff in the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes. <laughs> you know what? There, there was... The game that they were parodying when Enzo gets yeeted into the internet was Mortal Kombat. And I'm surprised that they got that in. Yeah. Because there was, the user was off screen ripping people's heads off. Yeah. That's like some surprise Redwall shit. I did a big rewatch of Redwall instead of reboot this past week. And um, (laughs) I'm surprised that series got onto fucking PBS. Yo, what if Red Bull video game? Ooh, yeah! What if Red Bull tactics? <laughs> <laughs> what if Fire Emblem Red Bull? I want to say that there is some sort of Red Bull game. Or at the very least, it's in... Oh, games? Yeah. Uh, there are currently two official licensed video games based on the Red Bull series. Both were created by Soma Games under the banner The Lost Legends of Red Bull. Um, oh, and they're recent. Yeah. Neat. Th- they're ongoing. <laughs> a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One release came in summer 2019, and subsequent episodes for all intended platforms are planned for distribution in the near future. So, yeah. Cool. They're like point-and-click adventure games for Windows, Mac OS, and Xbox One. And apparently it's coming out for- has or will be coming out for PlayStation 4 soon. But only the first two episodes have come out. So, okay, Redwall video game. Already exists. <laughs> Neat. The the final episode might involve virtual reality and an escape room scenario. Ooh, that sounds cool. Um, I gotta start reading all those Red Bull books that I've been collecting from used bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What what else? What other video game? What kind of genre? Witcher. Um, um they could do another Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, um some sort of point and click? Yeah, definitely a point and click. A, a Walking Dead type thing, yeah, or any kind of Traveler's Tales. Oh, um, <laughs> there could be one where they end up in a, like an open world adventure game. Oh yeah, but because it's so big, they never actually encounter the user. <laughs> yeah. So the whole time they're going through, like, is this user? Oh no, this is another video game character. Is this user? No, it's another video game character. And then eventually, like, all of a sudden it goes game over. User loses, and they're like, we didn't even meet him. <laughs> um. Going off of that, I was thinking about, like, the procedurally generated games. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Because it'd be like, they reboot and they just turn into disembodied consciousness. Consciences. They turn into conscious. 
<laughs> no, it's they reboot and they have no forms and they're waiting for like the user to get there and then they like that's when they start loading and it's just like some weird thing and it'll be like it'll be like in the No Man's Sky initial release where like someone turns into a dinosaur with a tiny body and a real big head. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can get a Meet the Robinsons reference. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, get him! I can't. I have a big head and little arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's what the JRPG could be, is they end up in a Kingdom Hearts, and so then not only can we parody JRPGs, but we can parody every Disney movie. Yeah! <laughs> we, <laughs> we could have them in the last level, and while they're waiting for the user to show up, uh, uh, old man Enzo is trying to explain the lore of Kingdom Hearts to Dot. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> And she's just slowly going cross-eyed. I mean, and that's it's wild to begin with, because there are times in Kingdom Hearts where you also go inside the computer. <laughs> we go inside the computer to play the game where they go inside the computer. I heard you like computers, so I put computers into your computer, computer game. So, computers. Uh. Can Data have a heart? Yes. <laughs> Do sprites dream of electric sheep? <laughs> Possibly. We could have them show up in, like, a dream sequence. <laughs> we know sprites dream because at the beginning of My Two Bobs, uh, Dot had an entire, uh, an entire Brady Bunch homage dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we could do a deep cut because... Those videos are still floating around, and a couple sites are still floating around of, like, the old, mid-2000s reviewer culture. Ooh. Oh. Going off that, we could have a sequence where, like, characters are watching a Let's Play to get tips on how to keep the user from winning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, internet culture so great. God, you know, if we had a new third virus opponent... He would be like an internet fuck bastard. Yeah. A literal internet troll. Uh, It'd be funny. Yeah. We'd get someone who's actually funny. John Mulaney. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have time to unpack all that shit. <laughs> oh no, no, okay. So John Mulaney can be like an unzipping program. <laughs> now we don't have time to unzip all this right now. <laughs> I think I think that makes sense for the finale and then and then yeah, I guess we get someone to compose the the musical wrap up number. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the second musical episode. <laughs> they had two now. Maybe Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? I probably the Lego movie. Okay, yeah, so they can team up with the Lonely Island as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the reboot musical episode where Fong raps. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the one last thing. Maybe Fong can be a little less of an Asian stereotype. Mm -hmm. I think I think that was the last that was the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, we have the big musical thing, also the big climatic battle that makes you feel all the feels a la Summer Wars where they do the big koi koi battle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dramatic game of, game of Puyo Puyo Tetris against Megabyte. <laughs> what if they reboot into a visual novel? Oh! <laughs> it's a dating sim and they have to trick the user into getting the bad ending. <laughs> yes! <laughs> but it is also had a full boyfriend. <laughs> oh, what if it's a KFC dating sim? <laughs> what if it's Dream Daddy? Oh! Bob Bob gets to reboot into Dream Daddy. <laughs> and I mean, that's I've... how Bob becomes the bicon of the week. Yes. Game over. User loses. Bob sitting there. I've learned something about myself today. <laughs> yeah, the my only attachment really to 
the KFC dating sim was like when we at the anime club did our own voiceovers to it, and uh, Ryan nearly busted his voice doing a, a Vince McMahon impression. Oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I think I think we've got it. Yeah. So, episode one hundred. Yay! Triple digits! We did it! We are the winners! We're number one! We're the first podcast to ever reach 100 episodes. Yeah, I know. No. That's <laughs> so, in lieu of one friendship promo, let's do multiple friendship promos in the form of giving a shout-out to everyone who helped us with our big intro at the beginning of this episode. For, uh, these are all of our past guests. Uh, in chronological order, we had Duncan at Cloudhead Duncan, who is our uh, co-conspirator for Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium. He is the voice of Gabe. We had Jake at JJ underscore Mason, who was, uh, he's in all the podcasts. Yeah. We've had our friend Christina uh, at Seawoods Art, who is my co-host on Loser Like Me and also the host of Faithful and Wayward OCs, Home for Weird OCs. We've got our friend Benny, at Ben Active, with two N's, and he, when he was with us last, he was doing the podcast Eurogar's Forge of Creation. Unfortunately, that seems to be defunct now. It could come back, though, and we should still go listen to the episodes anyways, because they're really entertaining. Uh, then we had Janine, at Janine Juliet, who is one of the hosts of My Favorite Pokemon. Then we had Charlie, at Magical Pride. Is it un- Magical Pride or Underscore? Where's the... Is there... We have our friend Charlie at Magical Underscore Pride. Uh, C is the host of Precure Podcast Engage. And... What else does Charlie do? They're on several actual play podcasts that I can't remember all of them, but they're all pretty great. Then, we had Cassidy and Lava of Kids and Their Dog fame, which can be found at Kids and Their Dog. Uh, twice. For the crossovers. Yeah. Then multiple times we have had Lindsay's brother Ryan at Vagabond Haunted, who is another player on Pokemon Adventures of the Millennium. The voice of Jillian. He is also the host of the Super Fun Network. And then uh, last year for our Halloween episode, we were able to get Portia at Dark Skint Daria. She doesn't have any of her own stuff yet, but we're all waiting and excitedly for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had Surge at Cold Crash Picks from the Cold Crash Pictures YouTube channel. Then we had Sam at Sam Gash from the Ideal Remake podcast. Then we had JD at Codename JD, who just recently got married, so congrats. Congratulations! And he is on at Sorted Pod. And then most recently we had Locke at Yams Lock, and they are also a host of My Favorite Pokemon. So yeah, so those are all of our guests, our awesome guests that we've had over the past hundred episodes. Thank you so much. And yeah, go check out their stuff. It has been great having guests. It has been great having people interact with us in a variety of ways. Yeah. And speaking of interacting with us, uh, by the time this comes out, we'll actually be close to our anniversary Q&A episode. So... If you got any burning questions for us... Yeah, we don't, we don't have a special hashtag for it. Just tweet them directly at the account, and we'll make note of them. And we'll be answering them, not this next episode, but the following episode. Yeah. But we're recording the Thursday after this episode comes out, so get them in. Please and thank you. And speaking of getting them places, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476, that's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the the numbers. No, they're not. (laughs) Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, (laughs) and they're pronounced alphanumeric! Actually, since it's the 100th episode, I should do the classic. Nerf! Yay. Um, you can also email us. And so I guess if you want to email us questions, that works too. 
You can email us at notafryyoubootyoufirst at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or what kind of video game parodies you'd love to see in a reboot reboot. Uh, you could also send us friendship promos if you wanted us to promote your podcast or a YouTube channel or even your DeviantArt page. You can send us an audio clip or you can send us a proof for us to read and we'll read it for free because we love promoting stuff. And you could even ask to be a guest, like the multitude of people we just mentioned before. But if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. Let's see, we have a Patreon, which we don't promote super hard, because we don't necessarily need it as much, and there's a whole bunch of other important stuff, like bail funds and people's personal GoFundMe's to help them get into safe areas that requires the money a lot more. It's a bigger priority than we will ever be. Yeah. Um, but we do want to give a shout out to our patrons on there. So we want to thank you, Christina. Thanks, Christina. Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Cassidy. Thanks, Cassidy. Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. And Julia. Thanks, Julia. And if you are unable to support us financially, then you can support us simply by rating and reviewing us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu. Her work can be found on ptchaw.com, and she also recently got married to JD. Yay! And our theme music is by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. I don't know what Sean's relationship status is, but if he does ever get married, that'll be cool, too. Yay. And hey, maybe you'll be hearing from them soon as well. Anyways! <laughs> Lindsay, next up is episode 101. How do we follow this up? I don't know. Maybe let the people decide. I think we did let the people decide. Uh, we did, and I forgot to check what the people decided. So let me <laughs> quickly check on that. Oh, just, very conveniently, the poll finished right as I was... Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's another tie. Oh. <laughs> Get your shit together. You, you know what? No. You, okay, you know what? I am Because it's a tie between two things, the uh, two topics that I was going to do. And I'm going to go with the one that I have a, a firmer idea for. So okay. next week, we are going to go to a pizza place. It's different from the last pizza place we went to. And it's different okay. from the pizza place we're going to next weekend. <laughs> um, but until then... We will uh, see you next time, not if we reboot you first. Bye. Goodbye! Wait! Wait, wait! Wait, 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 wait! There's more! A special offer! Are there listeners out there who missed the past 99 episodes of Not If I Reboot You First and have no idea what's going on? Don't worry, Tanner has prepared a musical number! Tanner and Lindsay were once fans of their show once upon a time until they got fed up with all its hackneyed storytelling crimes. They talked about what they do if they could remake it on their own, and then that led into Not If I Reboot You First Pilot Show. Then Tanner fixed the Breakfast Club and Underworld and Notions first, and rebooted Tom Cruise's Mummy to sub the Duck Universe, while Lindsay talked about the Nun Night Ghost Lion and Francis too. And then we went to Hawaii to take a crack at Sailor Moon. And then we went to Hawaii to take a crack at Sailor Moon. And then we went to Hawaii to take a crack at Sailor Moon. And then we went to Hawaii to take a crack at Sailor Moon. So we'll reboot the Animorphs and Sherlock Holmes and Harry P. And Silk and Sergo Wayne on the hit waitress on Christmas wrapping. And short, we will reboot it all with a for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes at Not If I Reboot You First. And short, we will reboot it all with a for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes at Not If I Reboot You First. After Lindsay came in from the cold, Duncan fix on Echo 6, a resident Jake and some other guests entered into the mix. Christina's wild sidecar after Charlie and Benny, the Noma Catty Scooby crossover, Ryan's Jutsu, and Janine's clone. Between these, there was Torchwood, Nice Red River, and Small Soldiers. Do South Hill was Pokemon Z to Omni Empire Records, the Star Wars prequel, Zutanum, and Abba's Terrible Beauty. 
And then an April Fool's joke that ended up being foreshadowing. And an April Fool's joke that ended up being foreshadowing. And an April Fool's joke that ended up being foreshadowing. And an April Fool's joke that ended up being foreshadowing. Friends of Ospiesman's Overwatch, Degrassi, Yao, and Sucker Punch, Marvel for more, Be Mortal, and a Mighty Ducks Dimension Crunch. In short, we will reboot it all, whether for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes, and not if I reboot you first. In short, we will reboot it all, whether for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes, and not if I reboot you first. Your Tusa era parents actual blood ties the historian. For Shushup, Jacob B. and Christina played a game of Tintin. Pinata's death and Sarmi's Neo, Pensei, Tana, and Tobin's. And once upon a time, and Star Wars ended up back on the scene. Then Austin Fogger, Piggy Carter, Sonic Hood, and Pepper Ranch, and Nina's a friend, Ryan's, and Ben Surge's Dinotopian. Then Lacket, Daisy, Freaka Stories, Ocean's Nine, and Cyber Six. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, Balto Martin, Mr. Rian 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 Six. JD became miraculous and salmon to the theater. Kids gathered dog for fusion fall and luck on some childhood fears. In short, we will reboot it all with a for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes at not if I reboot you first. In short, we will reboot it all with a for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes at not if I reboot you first. We gave Twister a sequel adapted Gotham Academy. And gave Starscream a solo film and sang the song of Achilles. Fixed Catching Fire, DC Bombshells, and the New New Warriors. Expanded on, still Starcross, cleaned up GBF, and whatever. The people made a choice for Mona the Vampire and Flashdance. Both Scott Pilgrim and Charm received a second or third thrice West chance to win some Q&As and that's a hundred as we finished here. I can't believe that we've been doing this show for nearly two years. I can't believe that we've been doing this show for nearly two years. I can't believe that we've been doing this show for nearly two years. I can't believe that we've been doing this show for nearly two years. So thank you Lord for sticking with us on this wacky reboot ride. We'll remake spin-off sequel or adapt another hundred times. In short, we will reboot it all with a for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes at not if I reboot you first. In short, we will reboot it all with a for better or for worse. It's been a hundred episodes at not if I reboot you first.